0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
1: What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey everybody, we're all gonna get laid. And again, it's picked up! It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I N D Y. Yes, sir. John, uh, all Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Wow. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. So this is
2: kind of the time you start getting a lot of rumors regarding what teams want. And, of course, about 10% of it turns out to be true, right? And you get your garden variety of folks that are saying it. uh, Normally, uh, if it comes from... If it comes from Morgan or Shams, it's, it's going to be true. Uh, the other stuff you have to take with that proverbial grain of salt. So when I go over some of these, some of these reported interests that the Pacers have, again, this is just what happens. And you'll have to take that one with a grain of salt as well. I mean, Grant Williams? Grant Williams, a free agent. Boston, coming off the bench all this time for the Celtics. Uh, That's one that doesn't really strike me a great deal. I'd have to look at the numbers even more and see and probably think how it fits, but that's just a name. Andre Hunter with the Hawks, another name. Uh, These names, by the way, have been mentioned. I think the guy's name is Jake Fisher of Yahoo!, And like I told you, I think everybody in the world is kind of throwing names out there right now. Who knows if any of this is going to come true. Normally, again, about 90% of it doesn't, but it does lead to substantial conversations here. Make no mistake about that. Those are some names that have been bouncing around out there. Uh, not here, but Max Struess, for example, of Miami. Think about the pay raise that dude's going to get. Anybody want to want do anything like that? And then still the rumors regarding the Pacers having interest in trying to put something back together and, you know, maybe still stick at seven, but certainly maybe trying to climb back up a little bit more, which I guess would stand to reason they brought in on a single workout today, Grady Dick of Kansas who absolutely can shoot it and certainly would not be your pick at number seven. It kind of seems like it's either Walker or Hendricks at this point, does it not? Those of you that are following this closely, I don't even know if you guys have been fully engaged just yet. Number seven is kind of a weird domain. And then you know, in terms of the Pacers, when you don't make the postseason, it seems like they haven't played since October to me. When you don't make it NBA postseason, it is forever. At least it seems that way. Forever. And till the likelihood, I believe you play again. But you're going to have a lot of rumors regarding names, what I just mentioned. Yeah, you guys can lob those around to one another just a little bit and see what you think. And then I'm sure others coming up, you know, one of the reasons why is because the Pacers have so much flexibility it's wrong to say leverage but flexibility is accurate and I guess it would stand to reason because that's all we heard during the season is you know making sure that you have you know not only cap flexibility but you know that particular leverage and flexibility with your assets to be able to do all this different stuff so yeah in about a week it's time to start doing all that different stuff isn't it that's certainly the way that it would seem yeah, Grant Williams. I don't know. And We were talking earlier in the week, and I know Tobias Harris's name has popped up. And, again, these are all guys that may not even have a whiff of interest from the Pacers. I'm just noting those names that have been dropped. And Tobias Harris has been one as well. Expensive. I think he's got one more year on a deal. I'd have to check that for sure. But we're getting started now. We're a week away. Can you believe that? A week away from the NBA draft. And then once you start getting into July, you're going to have all these names and all these rumors popping up. And I, it's funny. I have a level of expectations this off season. Others don't. Others fear that if you, steer too far to the left or to the right in this case, then you're going to miss out on completing what you started last year. I say take it and run with it if you can build it into your team and you can be productive with it and give people around here something to be happy about, to rally around, to be interested in for the first time seemingly in a while. I think I'm for that. I mean, I guess if that's called a, a fork in the road, as I mentioned, or kind of a sidebar to your plan, then so be it. But I do, I look at the offseason, and I guess I just, when we had him on during race day morning, I don't know if you guys, hopefully you were listening, when we had Tyrese Halliburton on race day morning, and he was talking about. Wanted to go after it this year and the expectations they have this year. Hey, listen, organizationally, they downplay all that stuff. But you can tell, at least I could tell from Halliburton. Halliburton's ready to get that win on. Why wouldn't you be? Why would you not? You saw all the fun that all these other dudes, all these other teams were having. Most of them were having. Know oh, how much fun, for example, Boston had in game seven of the East Finals. I don't know how, how much fun the Grizzlies had in this postseason. I know it was a fun season in Sacramento. I don't know if that ended on the highest of notes for them. So I, I guess, again, it depends on the situation you discuss and describe regarding how much fun, but it sure as hell seems a lot better than sitting at home and watching others be and do what you want to be being and doing. Makes sense to me. So a week away. And I do, I have ample expectations coming up this offseason. Yeah, it's funny. I saw this. I saw Gallinari ops for Celtics return in 23-24. I, I didn't even know he was on the team. <laughs> Wait a minute. And I watch everything too. I had completely forgotten he was on that team. Wait a minute. I just saw that break. And I go, wait, what, what, what? He was with the Celtics? Maybe you could have seen him on the sideline if he were on the sideline during that. <laughs> it's kind of funny, too. I'll get back to the NBA stuff coming up a little bit later on, but I did want to drop some names of interest for you and kind of start really getting into the flow of talking about some of this because this This at least can be the first time in a long time that you can and should be excited about a Pacers offseason. I mean, you peek into the future and you feel a lot better about it sitting here right now than you did this time last year. This time last year, I was complaining, oh, here we go. How long are you guys going to wait around? I believe my chief argument this time last year was there's no way in the world you guys are going to wait. No way in the world you guys are going to have that amount of patience to sit around and wait for this thing to all happen and then start winning. No way you're going to wait. Now, granted, I think it did take a robust shot of interest in December, or I may have been right. Clearly right now sitting here, I am not right. But I think you got a shot of enthusiasm, which was much necessary, which, by the way, as I've stated in the past, is exactly what this Colts team needs to do. No more of this bringing you down. No more of this bumming you out. No more of telling you about how, well, this is the right way, the way we want to do it, and we're going to get it done, and giving you these promises, which rarely, if ever, you deliver. This season, I think everybody is just resigned to the fact that it is going to be a slog. But you look at the schedule, and you expect this team to be competitive with the teams that are on this schedule, both home and away. You at the very least expect them to be competitive, but man, they do need to give you a shot of juice here or there. You know, a lot of one o'clockers. You know, one o'clocks like the Chicago Bears in night. i well, I've been noon back then. The Chicago Bears in the early '80s, everything was a noon start. Locally, it was a noon start. Because, yeah, okay, they got one guy there, and that's fun to watch. But watching him run it three times and then have Bob Parsons called upon to punt is not the greatest of thrills to get in the late afternoon or a Monday night football. But you need that shot. You need that shot of interest, just like what the Pacers did. And I'll stand by what I said this time last year. You guys weren't going to be willing and be patient enough to hang around. You guys would have bailed, but again, they gave you a reason to have that interest. And good for them. And good for what the Pacers did a year ago, too. I mean, they did not set the bar that high. And in fact, if you listen to Chad Buchanan, when he was on with me back in the end of April, he didn't put that bar. I was the one that was going, hey, raise the bar up. Come on. I want to hear more than just about, well, maybe in a couple of years stuff. He refused to do that. Yeah, these guys are not going to overstep their bounds. Clearly, there is a belief. But it's like they have to, much like we have to believe it to see it, and then they want that reaction. I mean, you do learn something. You learn something from that snippet that you got in December. Remember when we started talking about, well, wait a minute, hold on. Let's rearrange the plan now. Let's go ahead and rebook this path because you don't necessarily have to do it. Now, look how good they are. Now, all that came to an end when Halliburton got rolled up on. But you catch my drift. i to give you reasons to find and to have that interest. There are so many teams around here that need to do that. Hey, Butler, by the way. Butler, Butler Bulldog Basketball. How about giving their fans a shot of interest? Anything. It seems like IU fans always have belief. Whether it's true or misguided, it seems like they always do have belief, but there is a lot to play off of because they lost a great deal, especially in one particular player. And then, of course, nothing is really going to matter. It's just going to say, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, and then when the season gets started come March for the NCAA tournament, and then we'll officially punch the clock for you Boilermaker fans because I know exactly how you feel. But seriously, you look at the Pacers, you look at the Colts, and for me, you look at the Reds, and it's all like, just give us a minute. There's been so much losing and not enough higher-level stuff. It's given me a minute to embrace. Look at me with the Reds. I mean, hell, I talk them up like it's 1990. It's not even close to being reminiscent. I watched them last night. I will say this last night, late in that Kansas City game, that had all the marks of being the Reds crapping one away, and they didn't crap it away. It They did a couple of different times, tried hard. There was some crapping going on, but they cleaned it up. But that's how I act. That's how others act because it's been so long, been so dry. Some of these teams are going to have to do around here as well and follow the Pacers' lead. The Pacers, in this case, are just now here to build upon that. But again, organizationally speaking, they're still saying all the right things. Rick Carlisle said, you know, don't get mad at this group. I mean, there are going to be some tough spots. Didn't set the bar very high, and then by the time you reached the new year, you felt like that they were over-delivering for you. Yeah, never under deliver. The Colts have under delivered for how long now? <laughs> when's the last time the Colts over delivered? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, "Well, well, Philip Rivers." But I mean, there were still expectations there. And yeah, when's the last time was it Lux rookie season? The last time that they over delivered? Yeah, everything else has been. It's been your pizza delivery guy showing up. Handing you the pizza, then bailing out after you tip, and then leave, and your cheese is all stuck to the top of the box. That's what the Colts have been around here. But that is where you begin. A week from tonight, and again, I'll, I'll be the one to raise the expectation outlook here, even if the Pacers don't. And again, I'm just playing off the team leader and the players and their expectations. You know what's kind of funny yesterday. I do. I understand why you don't want a pain in the ass. I don't either. I've said this before. I'm at a point in my life right now to where, if it's if it's a pain to listen to you, then I'm just going to bail. I'm not interested. I mean, there's enough crap going on right now. got to deal with that, got to deal with this, deal with all this other stuff that I don't need any more crap added to my crap wagon right now. And I understand where you're coming from with that. A couple of people felt yesterday with my take regarding Stephon Diggs and wide receivers in general as it pertains to the Colts. A couple of people thought that I was being hypocritical, yet I'm not being hypocritical. What I'm trying to do is raise the bar on that group, which then essentially will raise the bar on this team, on the offensive side. All I mentioned was, if you have a pain at that position, that pain has been productive. Productive. So all I'm saying about Stefan Dick. Was it cool the way that he acted like a little baby on the sideline January 22nd, stomping around, putting up his arms in front of his quarterback in the snowfall in Buffalo during that disappointing loss at home to the Bengals? No, that's not cool. You don't want to see anybody show anybody up like that. I just want the simple fact, if that were to ever occur here, that means that you have seen somebody that has produced. That's all I was trying to say. Somebody that has been produced, somebody that has has had to be has had to be defensively speaking for others was at the top of the list. Rick Venturi calls them ambient players. Somebody that's going to keep you up because you're worried about what they can do. They all start right there, and then if we have to deal with criticism because of the way that somebody acts like a big baby like that, then so be it. But at least you got the production. At least that there's not this, well, maybe if they do this, or maybe if they do that. In no way, shape, or form would you want anywhere near Antonio Brown. But at the tail end, when he was still producing, and then he kind of evolved into a tremendous pain in the ass, I, I would be okay with being in that position, because at least he was producing before he evolved into it. And then it all went downhill, and nobody wants to deal with that crap. But you catch my drift. All of that behavior, which most of the time is ridiculous, it all starts with being one of the better players at, besides quarterback, the most important position. Yeah, maybe third on the depth chart, maybe behind defensive end or, you know, a rush linebacker, somebody that consistently gets after the quarterback. But I think we all know where wide receiver is today, it is right up there. So I don't think it was hypocritical as much as it was just a sign that what you're doing with that position for the first time in a stinking long time is good, is accurate. It's working. And then you get to deal with that. All kind of a product of the position. And if you get somebody that's not one, then you got like the perfect marriage. Which is great. You know, I was talking with James Boyd of The Athletic about this yesterday regarding Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor was outspoken. I think Stephen Holder also has an ESPN.com story regarding that outspoken. Um, And I guess I would say outspoken compared to what he normally says, which is basically not very much whatsoever. But, I mean, you can kind of catch the drift here. There's a lot of stuff going on around him at that position and then there also is the thought that continues that devalues that position and he wants to get paid he believes he needs to be paid he believes he will produce to the level in which they will pay him or the level in which he wants them to pay him i understand all that and then everybody says, well, look at Dalvin Cook, you know, Dalvin Cook, and you'd think, you would think that the Vikings are still trying to win something. You look at Saquon Barkley at a big year a year ago. Uh, the surprise giants in the NFC, you know, why would you want to let that spiral out of control? To me, the difference is, and I know what you're saying, you can maybe say the same thing a year ago about Daniel Jones. Seems like most of the time you can always say that about Kirk Cousins, but we have an absolute here. And the absolute offensively is you have no idea what in this world you're going to get. None. Zero. That box of chocolates saying in Forrest Gump, you have no idea what you're going to get. Uh, you might end up getting something that's chocolatey and caramel and tastes fantastic. You might end up getting that one that's like the strawberry nougat that you can't puke that up quick enough. At that position. That's just May. It's just the way that it is right now. So with that unknown, to me, and I know how troublesome that is when you think about how much money that you put to this as an extension. But as we talked about yesterday, Jonathan Taylor to this team right now seems more necessary. Than even the others do. And I'm talking about Barkley and certainly talking about Cook. And you can factor in Josh Jacobs, you know, all the running back troubles that you have, or, or even how the Chargers approached if you go back a couple of months, Austin Eckler. I mean, you're talking about teams that compared to the Colts, at least feel they know what they're gonna get which the closest example to what I'm trying to make right here is, is Kirk Cousins. Sometimes it's, hey, great, really good, and sometimes it's awful. But you catch my drift, here you have no idea. No idea. And if you bring up or form a conclusion, it's probably not a very positive one. So to me, he is more of an essential piece here then you're going to find at that position around the NFL. You know it's kind of funny. You know, people were talking about, well, if you look back at, you know, the value of the running backs with the past, I don't know, more than a handful of Super Bowl champions, I think you're talking about like a fifth-round pick or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about a potential Super Bowl champion here. You're trying to navigate a season, trying to navigate a season and not look like an absolute disgrace as they did a year ago. You're trying to navigate a season to where you know that quarterback position, again, is going to be in need of some help, as it was last year, and it did not get. So to me, you look at this position and you look at Taylor differently differently in the now than anybody else does, and then probably if you had more of a an accurate informed opinion about what you're going to get at that quarterback position right now here. To me, it's different. And I don't mean to go out, and, and I, I know Chris Ballard's probably someplace right now going, oh, yeah, let's preach. All right. That's my philosophy. I'm not following his philosophy. I'm just looking at this team right now. Do I expect them to win at a high clip? No. But do I expect them with this schedule to be competitive? Yes, because this schedule's crap water. And you have zero idea, none, what you're going to get under center. So to me, that puts an uptick on the value in the now of Jonathan Taylor. And also, when you look back to last year, you saw what you didn't get. You saw the absolute disaster that was under center. And then when he was injured, not out there to help, made it even more of a mess. So to me, the Colts situation is different than all of those others that have been talked about at that position. And no doubt that I I completely understand the devaluing of that position. And you know where I stand regarding quarterbacks and wide receivers and edge rushers and all that stuff. But with Taylor... It's different. I don't even think he needed to explain it. And I understand why you're apprehensive about going in and handing out a lot of money and a long extension. But if you want to go back to last year and have another four winner, it just seems like that he has, with this team right now, put himself in more of an essential status. Even if we're talking about other teams where the bar is set of expectations much higher. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. We got a lot of calls to get to. I'm going to do that at 239-1070. The email address at jam via 1075thefan.com. All right, what we got going on here today? Do we know Cidery getting back with us yet? Nothing from Cidery? Cidery had all those scoops. I got to get some Cidery scoops in here. He's the one that dropped in. I think he got him from others, but I want to hear what he says about Grant Williams and DeAndre Hunter and all this stuff because by the time we get here this time next week, this the, the door will be closed on all this stuff. There will be no interest probably. All this interest would have been shut down. I am not going to waste the storyline on this Thursday in June, a week before the NBA draft. Uh, Mike Chappell will help us sort out a little bit more the Colts and a couple of my thoughts on that. Mike joins us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And, you know, I mentioned this. I'm going to be at Victory Field tomorrow. we got the first two of four state title games in baseball. So I'll be out there beginning at three. Hopefully I see you out there. Now, this particular team does not have a matchup in 4 until Saturday night. But Cinegrove, and I know A.J. Zapp very well. I know a lot of you on the south side certainly know A.J. Zapp. And a lot of you probably remember that are baseball fans, how highly regarded he was as a first-round pick, I want to say, back in 1996. Number 27 overall to the Atlanta Braves. uh, Career did not go, I'm assuming, how everybody wanted it to go. But going into a Father's Day weekend – I wanted to put two and two together with A.J. Zapp and his son, Evan, whom he has coached, obviously, since birth, and who has now transformed himself into a, a high-level high school baseball player on the state's best team, Center Grove. Yes, arguably, but looks to be the best team, Center Grove. So a Father's Day weekend storyline with A.J. Zapp. And I'll give a tip of the cap. I saw this in the star, too, where they kind of put this two and two together about somebody that started it and now the son that is trying to end it on the highest of notes. To me, that is incredibly cool. And A.J. Zapp, Synegrove, former standout. And, again, a former first-round selection in the MLB draft joins us coming up at 5.30 today. At some point, Jethro toll tickets will be given away. So you are got to listen to win those. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. All right, let's hit a break, and we'll come back, do some calls and more. We'll get in there with you guys coming up in a minute. HD Radio, the stream, the app, 93.5 and 107. five. the fan. Raise a
0: spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the grandma McFlurry today. Ba da ba ba ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
3: Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson.
4: Full steam ahead. Over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson. I'm
1: driving. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: Yeah, crank me up over there, would you, James? Thank you very much. Cool, Mo. D. A big day 35 years ago. Bull Durham. I love Bull Durham. I will say this. Once um. Once Ebby Calvin Lelouch gets called up, or Ricky Karcher, if you want to call him that, gets called up to the majors, and then Crash gets cut. I'm done with it after that. And I've said this before, there are a lot of films out there that give you, like, Eddie Murphy Raw gives you a great 45 minutes and then after that, it just kind of goes on when you kind of, you have to be careful. I just, it, it wasn't as good as Delirious. It still was a great 45 first minutes. Full Metal Jacket. Well, Full Metal Jacket when they go to Vietnam, then I'm, I'm ready to bail too. Some movies are built like that. Bull Durham has got Maybe the last 20, 25 minutes or so I could do without. Yeah, I could do without the love interest stuff. Uh, But that's this date in 88. Still a great, certainly a great baseball film and a great Ron Shelton film. Who uh, gave you that, gave you White Men Can't Jump, Tin Cup. All stuff incredibly enjoyable. Also, on this date in 2014, I think the greatest radio voice, and what I mean by that, not the greatest radio voice ever to be on a microphone, but radio's greatest voice of all time to me is Casey Kasem. And he passed away 2014, nine years ago at the age of 82. I still I can still listen whenever one of those old school Classic American Top 40s comes on. It sounds as state-of-the-art as it did in, hell, 1975, 1985. It sounds the same. Yeah, This date in 2014. So anyway, big day for that. I might chap a little bit later on. A lot of you are asking me regarding my take on Jonathan Taylor. I just think that his value with this team right now is higher than others may, even if others are a part of teams right now that are actually going to be playing for something or you know, would be considered right now a contender. I just think that jo- Jonathan Taylor for this team right now for offensive survival, he is necessary. He is necessary there to play well. And that's notwithstanding with this offensive line. I mean, no crap water effect. You know, all the... Listen, it was them last year. But there were convenient excuses made. And I'm right there with them. Yeah, positional coach, quarterbacks, all that. Now, that group has to be a lot better. And there are questions about that group because really that group at its best was with Philip Rivers when it was snap and ball gone. I don't know how much you're going to see snap and ball gone around here. But it seems like this offensive line has made that an essential over the years. At least when you look at it compared to how they protected and how they looked under center Oh, I should say with Philip Rivers under uh, yeah Philip Rivers under center with that offensive line compared to the way that it looks since not close, especially last year. I just think his value, he being Jonathan Taylor, is much higher right now, understandably so with this growing group, than some of these other examples that are being used. All right, two three nine ten seventy is the number. More on the Pacers draft, which is now a week away. Let's lead with Manny today. Manny, hello. How are you? Hey, how you doing, JMV? Manny, I got some bad news for you. Ready for the bad news? What you got? The uh, the show this weekend has been postponed.
4: Oh, uh, I was wondering because I didn't think I didn't think. Hey, you mentioned it. And
5: that's why yeah. I put you the
2: text message. It has been. No, no, no. Yeah, it has been postponed. Um, I don't know if there has been a, a date, but it has been postponed. And, of course, that was the show that was going at the uh, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. That had. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. Cool Mo D as I played us right? back in right there with Cool Mo D, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Raquel. and yes, yeah, uh-huh. so is Sugar Hill Gang. Just a, a who's who of hip hop history right there. It has yeah, been postponed, be unfortunately. So so the next one now is the the LL Cool J, right? And that is LL Cool J. I believe that's in August at Gambridge Fieldhouse. I think Rakim is also a part of that, but LL Cool J certainly is the headliner. Okay, yeah, let's hope that, that go off without a bang. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Over. Yeah, I hope so, too, because I, I don't – everybody is out, and that's great. I, I don't want to have to deal with postponements. I want to go see these guys when they get here. I'm right there with you.
4: Speaking of seeing these guys, yep. I want to see our Colts and our Pacers uh, uh just keep the level of interest, because me as a fan, my house is painted blue and white like the Colts. So I put up I put up banners, I got flags. I love the Colts. I'm from Indianapolis. Yes. I love the Pacers. I put up flags, I got banners. But what I'm saying is, to, to hold our interest, we just want to see us progress and be
5: competitive.
2: No, no, well, no. I I, I, I agree. I, I think it's uh, both need to raise the bar. I don't know what the expectations will be. I'm not going to put those very high for the Colts, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to. I certainly want to see a a much better team and a playoff worthy team come from the Pacers next year, without a doubt.
4: I agree. I agree, JMV. But that's Ma- all I have, Manny. I will I'm keep you that.
2: updated. Yes, sir. Thank you, J M V. You yes. have a great show, man. Thank you, Manny. LL Cool J. I saw LL Cool J in november of 1987 i believe it was yeah maybe it was in november it might have been the summer hell i don't remember now it was 1987 i know that but that is going to be a hip-hop celebration coming up to gambridge Fieldhouse. we gave away tickets to that i think about a month ago hey jmv hearing you talk about the cardinals yesterday and all those former cardinals that you hate made me laugh It's funny, like it made a lot of people laugh, but then it made a lot of people mad. Cardinal fans get mad. I guess because I'm a Reds fan, I'm used to, you know, taking the jokes. I guess in this case, being the butt of jokes. But man, the Cardinal fans get mad. And not to mention the fact this is an absolute horrendous season for them. And it does. It does give me cause to to giggle a little bit I do laugh about it but again we'll wait september they'll probably pull out of the 27 and 42 <laughs> 27 and 42 a uh, reds by the way they go to Houston coming up this weekend that's going to be incredibly difficult that will be a this is going to be a weekend where I'll probably have to eat a lot of what I have said over the past three days uh 34 and 35 the Reds are a game and a half back of the Pittsburgh Pirates and the National League Central which is incredible to me absolutely incredible but I, to me even more incredible than the Pirates being at the top of the division is just how bad the Cardinals have been They won 27 games so far. Losers of five straight. I mean, you're talking about Kansas City and Oakland. Everybody expect that. The Nationals, 26 game winners so far, you expect that. But man, the Cardinals at 27. So the Nationals have one less win than the Cardinals. And certainly that does not sit well at all with their fan base. I don't blame you. But, yeah, that was sweet recall yesterday with all those Cardinals I don't like from the past, starting with Thomas Herr. Never at all. It's from Joe. Hey, JMV, think the Colts are ever going to seriously think about DeAndre Hopkins, if not why? Um, I, I would highly doubt it. A couple of things stand out, and I guess – by teams that have reported interest, it's not like it's a who's who of you assign him and then you get that next step as a completely playoff deep into the playoffs worthy type of team. So it's kind of weird so far, it just because kind it of seems like you know, Tennessee and New England, it's not like that, oh, you know, this guy's coming in as a difference maker. I don't know how people view him as such any longer. It kind of seems like that he is more of hanging on, right? More hanging on than he is going to drop in someplace and be a huge difference maker. That makes sense to you. I mean, it does kind of seem like he's hanging on right now. And given the fact that you haven't seen teams that are certainly placed right now to be a contender... Uh, with that in mind, it seems like he's just trying to play it out a little bit. Yeah, certainly could be wrong about that, but that is the way that it looks. And uh, even if, uh, even if the Colts would be a team that would have some interest, show some interest in this direction, yeah, I certainly don't see a lot of it. Yeah, Mike, I can't wait to talk to AJ about that. Uh, With A.J. Zapp coming up at 5.30 about being drafted into that that Braves organization. He made it to triple A, Mike. Made it to triple A. But Going into Father's Day weekend, to me, there is a good father-son dynamic working there that I wanted to share. And, again, I'll tip the cap to the Indy Star because they have run a story on it already, a very compelling story, very cool story. And that's kind of what I want to bring to you, uh, all you uh, fathers and family members out there for this one. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, JMV, have you seen this? You can show this to all of your Miles haters since Miles Turner has more career 40 point games than Bam, Sabonis, Jared Allen, DeAndre Ayton, Brooke Lopez. You know, and Alex, I appreciate that, but I feel secure that I've won. I have won. You know how I know I've won is because I don't hear from anybody anymore. Even the dumbest of the dumbasses out there, I do no longer hear from. Now, granted, they haven't been playing. So, you know, there's no real way to judge right now because the Pacers haven't been playing in what seems like forever. But, yeah, I've won. And those of you that have been with me the entire time, those of you that have been compelled to make a similar argument, to defend because we know, and we know much better than everybody else, Clearly. Those that were anti just don't have the basketball knowledge like we do. And I'm sorry, for a point in time, it kind of seemed like the Pacers were in that category, right? There. Yeah. A little bit. This time last year, getting close to this time last year, I had an entire hour and 15 minutes to discuss DeAndre Ayton signing an offer sheet. Until, if you remember, we were doing a Backyard Bourbon broadcast up in Fishers. If you remember, about an hour and 15 minutes it took for Phoenix to reportedly match that offer. And then all that conversation was over. But that is that is an argument that together we have all won. See you, buddy. See ya. And people have witnessed that. Thank you, though, Alex. Quick break, and we'll come back. Jethro Tall tickets to give away inside the lounge via YouTube Live on a fun Thursday on the road tomorrow, and I hope to see a lot of you out of Victory Field. I'll explain. Get you back to some more conversation next
3: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to
1: something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Look at all
3: those ding-dongs.
1: 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: Yeah, well, the Thompson twins evidently coming in for a workout, too. Uh, JMV. So I've been saying about a month now that I'd like to see the Pacers make a trade with the Bulls for Zach Levine. And just today, I read a rumor that the Bulls have been quietly gauging trade interest for him. Would you like to see him with the Pacers? And uh, would you be okay with the Pacers giving up what would be it would take to get him? I, it, it seems like to me, and and Casey in Ellisville, maybe I'm inaccurate about this, but it seems like that he. Needs the ball in his hands all the time. And with this team, I just don't think that that's possible. You're going to have to find a lot of dudes that are able to play off the ball. Because right, we'll yeah, Halliburton's yeah. going to be directing traffic with this group. I, I don't know if, to me, if that works. And it seems like, too that they have exhausted everything in Chicago to try to get a complement, plural, pieces to work with and around him, and that has gone over like a lead balloon, too. Now, again, that's just my perception from the outside looking in. It's not like that I, I stare at what the Bulls are doing, but that's just what I gather about watching them seems to be that... He can be a spectacular player, but I don't know if he's ever going to be at that level consistently. And I just don't know how much the team that he's involved with is is going to raise the bar on winning. He can put up some big-time stats. I don't know if I'm ever going to see him be a part of something that is big-time winning. Again, that could be incredibly short-sighted thinking. But that's exactly how I look at him, and he—he he is not. He may, maybe, should be more of a complementary piece, but he is not viewed as a complementary piece. I think with this Pacer team, that's that's what you're looking at to add with this right now. You know, bits and pieces that complement the shortfalls in this group and Zach Levine doesn't seem like he's one of those. I don't know if I've ever thought, well, you know what? You're just a player like him away. Now he can be spectacular, fun as hell to watch. He can score at a very high volume. I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to be a part of a team that is going to win at a high volume or what is expected around here. I say, I take this back, what I will expect around here. Maybe not next year, but what you expect further down the road. Yeah, I would have to think that that piece would be better off someplace else. But again, that could be because I don't pay enough attention. Maybe he's not at all like what I just described to Bulls fans. Or to other fans that might covet his presence on their favorite team. But that's just not something I'm thinking about here. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I tell you what, if you're on hold, I'll get back to you coming up on the other side. My take on Jonathan Taylor, we'll see what Mike Chappell thought about that. So sure, the running back position is devalued. But it seems like with the shape of this team offensively, that escalates the value on Taylor here. And to me, it's not how you look at it with Barkley or with Jacobs or with what took place in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. See so if you agree with that, we'll see if Mike Chappell agrees with that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And a great father-son story with A.J. Zapp of Cinegrove going to join us. Cinegrove and Penn coming up on Saturday night. That is a 4A baseball state title game. A.J. is a former first-round selection, number 27 overall, back in the ninety six Major League Baseball draft by the Braves. Got a kid, Evan, that's a part of that Center Grove team. A good father-son story for Father's Day weekend coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And on the road coming up tomorrow, that and more. Hour 2 is straight ahead. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV.
4: You get nothing. You lose.
1: Good day, sir. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. A
2: little slow on the uptick right there. I hit pause and said, a play can't do that, Mr. DJ. Jean A. wouldn't like it, Mr. DJ. Uh, McCann in Southern California. By the way, Jim McCann was here, I think, over the past three or so weeks. Uh, Outstanding to have one of our major listeners and uh, contributors and friends be in town from Southern California. It was great. And, uh, Jim, by the way, your cooler is still on my front porch right now, which kind of sounds code for something really weird, but it's not. I don't think, is it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up that line. Is that code for something really weird? Your cooler is on my front porch? It, it no. Could I don't have no idea. It could be. James, I'm calling upon the younger generation that normally has the answers to those immediately. I'm not clued into what the younger generation does. I was I was never hip like that. You're not hip? Oh no, absolutely not. That's James, everybody? Ten tattoos and still going strong. You know it. The forearm portrait. JMV, do you think the Pacers would do well to draft like a Jalen Clark from UCLA, Jaime Hawkes Jr.? I know that they had Hawkes Junior and I can't remember if if Clark was in here or not. Might have been. I think all those names are kind of running together now. Now You're talking about in in the second round, maybe later in the first. Um, I I would doubt it. I would doubt it. I just think at some point, you you can't take on all these players. You're going to have to find other seats for them. I think that's why, you know, normally when you go into a draft – I mean, maybe you have the prospect of trading up, but normally there's like one or two options. In this case with the Pacers, it seems like that there is a myriad of options. I mean, really more than anybody, and certainly more than the Pacers have had as possibilities in recent history. Certainly the recent history that I remember. I guess that's what happens when you've been bad. But at the same time, that's the reason why it gets you stirred up around here. That's the reason why I'm trying to get you stirred up. I think you should have expectations. And I want to see what these guys have going a week from tonight. And then when you talk about an up-and-coming team being able to maybe position itself To do some things where not necessarily, you know, over the past, it's been able to do with outward interests from players that wouldn't normally have interest. I I hope that's the case. I don't know if I completely count on that ever. But we have to talk about all the time with a bad team. The leverage, the options, the assets that they have. And now this is going to be put to the test. I think that's a good thing. And with all their picks, with, you know, we've talked about, you know, trade possibilities that could be, seems like there is a lot on the table to start coming up a week from today. And frankly, that excites me a great deal. Hey, by the way, too, before you answer, remember what Matt McLean is doing with your Reds these days. Yeah, McLean's awesome. How about my Reds, for example? I may have to eat a bunch of, you know what, coming up this weekend, they're going to Houston. Houston's got some dinged up players, by the way. But I may have to eat eat some this weekend, but the Reds have won five consecutive. Now, granted... They hosted the Yankees, what was that, less than a month ago, and that stunk. They had the Brewers in town week before last, and that stunk. But they did take care of on the road sweeping the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City, uh, by the way, the worst team in Major League Baseball with 18 wins. I don't care, though, because this is the opportunity where Ed's fans get to go ahead and embrace it because it could be gone as quickly as two weeks from now. It all could be over. A completely different tone. But right now, you're allowed to do it. And you know what, Reds fans? You're allowed to do it because it's been such a long time. Do it. <laughs> Sound like the Reds broadcasters. They were trying to turn the end of that game. That ending, by the way, just had all the marks of being an absolute disaster, and they did wiggle out of it. They probably wiggled out of it because Kansas City so awful. And they got really lucky that Fermin got up there and was swinging at anything that was thrown even reasonably in his direction. So thank you. Thank you very much. 34-35, and 35, the Reds are a game and a half back. Now, I'm sure that it's been much more recently that I'm giving it credit. Any Reds fans know this? Can somebody tweet at Lance McAllister, who probably has this top of mind right now? When was the last time the Reds, in the middle of June, were a game and a half back? And again, I'm probably it's probably more recent than I'm giving it credit to be. It always seems like by the time June rolls around, they are relatively buried, at least in recent history. So any Reds fans that may have that knowledge, let me know. Even if you're there to shoot me down and say, well, you know what? It's been recent. It was last year the year before last or whatever. Yeah, it seems like it's been a while. But you have that opportunity to soak that very thing up. Yes, Jay Ryan, you're right. Please refer to the Reds moving forward as America's team. Thank you. See, I know this is going to be recent. I think uh, Greg just looked this up for me. Hold on. 2021. Two years ago. See, every time I think something is like 10 years or a decade past, it's like, yeah, like six months ago. 2021. So it has not been that long ago. Feels good, though. It really does. My chapel still to come on why it's different at running back this season with the Colts, which means it's going to be different at running back moving forward for the Colts. I will do that. And my wide receiver thought on how you know you really do have a highly productive wide receiver and how that can be a pain, but how that also was a good thing. So Mike's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Aaron's up next today at two three nine ten seventy. 1070 Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing just
4: fine, John. Just like 10 days fast, turning 58. I feel just as old as the number.
2: Are you're you, you're 58 today? No, I turned 58 June 3rd. Ah, First 58. Third. Well, how's 50. Yeah, I'm I'm 53. I'm I'm like so. You're the class of eighty. Eighty three. Eighty three, man. man. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I just wrote our class a, reading, a song called "The Good Old Days."
2: Ah, man, eighty three. Uh, I, I just know this. Eighty three and eighty four um, had a number of really smoking chicks. As I can remember. When I was 13 and 14, I remember it's not like I was surrounded by them because they wanted zero to do with me, but there were some smoking chicks around in 83 oh, and 84. Yeah. That's that's a good year for you.
4: Yeah, because I was real uh, you know, quick before I give take. We had built a home up in with My dad and our family did on 10 acres of land. And, and we went to Hamilton Southeast and back when it was about 600 Street was there. Isn't that crazy? And I suddenly reflect on stuff like that, and it's like it was that long ago—forty years ago, man. It's crazy. It is a long
2: time, long yeah. time, my man. What do you got, Aaron? Hey, two uh, things I got
4: for you. I, was, yeah. uh, I heard you talking about Kravis the other day, and he was pondering what to do with his right. now even now, he's not with the Atlantic, and you sound like you have an affinity for him and vice versa, I came up with an idea. Why don't you two start a podcast and talk crazy sports, other crazy stuff. And because you're halfway crazy, you can name the two live fools.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would do a podcast because I, I, I do have a great time talking, talking stuff with him. I, I do. Yeah, and and that not, not just, you know, and I try to keep it as much as I can when he's on with talking the local sports angle here, which everybody has that, that common thread, that common interest in, but we could certainly get off the page a little bit oh, because man, I, no, I know he's a big fan of the clash. I mean, I could sit there and talk, talk about the clash that, with him for a while. For example.
4: That will blow up. That will blow up, man. And i get my cup for the idea and, and I'll get, <laughs> get my prescription going. <laughs> hey, real quick about uh Jonathan Taylor, to all the general managers that tweet and in the national media that yep. has tried their best to diminish the role of the running back, i got a question for all of you guys. What's going to happen when you, um, the Colts do what they do best, try to find somebody on the cheap, get rid of Jonathan, get a rookie a running back back there, and he uh, that uh, Russian defensive end and that mean linebacker come rushing and meeting at your $50 million quarterback at the same time they miss a block, knock out his knee for two years.
2: Nah, he's a, he's essential right now. I agree with you. I, I, I look at the Colts' situation differently than others are looking at what the Giants or what they did with the Vikings or with the Raiders or or even going he back, going up. with the Chargers, Aaron. I look at it differently where the way the quarterback situation here is here right now, which to me makes him more valuable and essential here than you might see around any place else in the NFL.
4: Every every year in the draft, it's not how genius or general manager is. It's how lucky he is, to be honest. You lucked up and got one of the best running backs in the league Use him and sign him into a five-year deal. Option five goes to the coach. If he's dramatic, get rid of him then. Let him work and help Anthony out, you know, until he gets to his second contract, and then you can still let him go. Why let him go early? You know, he's going to need that help because if you don't have nobody in the backfield with him, that's yeah. a big
2: goingt oh no i I, know, I, I I agree I when, and everybody everybody brings up Aaron the you know how non-essential running back, big-time, elite-level running backs are in in terms of would you see a team win a Super Bowl. But this is not a Super Bowl team. This is a team that has a huge question mark at quarterback right now. And we saw what happened a year ago when that quarterback question mark was there, didn't perform, and then he was injured. So, yeah, I would agree with you. It makes him more essential the way this team is right now. I'd
4: rather take J.T. and I ended with this. I'd rather take J.T than to pay Michael Pittman, who's nice, but he's a possession receiver, nothing more, nothing less. And he catches two or three out of seven, you know, every game. So I'm not paying him a $19 million. Well, the Colts
2: shouldn't. It's well, I, I certainly— Other people should realize that as well. Aaron, I got to hit a break here, but yeah, Bob Kravitz and I in a podcast, will uh, make sure that you receive some cash if that ever happens right there. The finder's fee for the idea— No, I I really do get what he was talking about in terms of Michael Pittman Jr. I, I do think that Michael Pittman Jr. right now is essential to have, you know, Anthony Richardson when he's in there to have somebody he can throw to. But I do look at Jonathan Taylor, you know, with the quarterback, the rookie quarterback, or even Gardner Minshew, but with this team in general, being able to, to be competitive offensively. And we're not talking about a team that's going to challenge for a Super Bowl. And again, I I think when you look at the devaluing of that position around the NFL, that's fine. But all these teams we're talking about are in much different situations right now than the Colts. And even if you bring up, well, wait a minute, you think Daniel Jones is that great? I don't think Daniel Jones is that great. I don't think Kirk Cousins is that great. But those teams are in much different situations than this Colts team right now. You cannot be a complete offensive disaster. Or better said, you can't look like you did last year if you're the Colts. I think that that makes Jonathan Taylor more essential, more of a priority, even if the rest of the NFL deems that position not so much. It's just my thought. I, listen, I, I understand you know, you're thinking about it in terms of, well, is he going to be worn out by the time that Anthony Richardson you know, is good to go? Well, I sure as hell hope it doesn't take Anthony Richardson four years to get going. You got a guy that has played 13 collegiate games. And then you got some numbnut like me that wants to immediately throw him out there in week number one. And the guy right here sits about around and talks about we got to give him help a wide receiver. How about giving him some offensive help to take some of the pressure off? Who's perfect in doing that? Number 28. Uh, To me, you have to do that. To me, again, this is much different than any other situation that you look at around the NFL. And I'm not talking about it in terms of being a division champion, a playoff team, deep into the playoffs, any of that. I'm just talking about in terms of survival offensively and not looking like a disaster in which they did offensively last year. I just think it's much different than anything else. Uh, daniel writes this so if you give jonathan taylor a four-year deal richardson would only be 25 or 26 and not yet in his prime i, I guess what i'm saying is I, I i hope for all the fans around here that you don't presume it's going to take richardson that long and i'm assuming you don't here daniel that long to get things going Because then you have a much greater issue than you do about, well, I can't believe they did that for Jonathan Taylor. Now you're going, well, wait a minute. Did we select the right guy? That's a conversation you don't want to have. At no point do you want to have that. So, yeah, I'm not so much worried about it right now. Hey, J.M.V., did you see this a little bit earlier? NFL Films evidently, according to reports, reached out to the Lions to do hard knocks for the second consecutive season. The NFL is apparently struggling to find a team willing to do hard knocks this season. Anybody surprised by that? They could force the Jets, Saints, Commanders, or Bears to do it. Evidently as it stands right now. But apparently they are facing some resistance, according to reports out there. Anybody out there be interested in the Colts doing it again? Wasn't that just a tremendous lead balloon? There were some moments late in that season where you thought, hey, this is fun. And then it all turned to crap. Like the worst ending ever. Go to Jacksonville, everything on the actually have two chances to punch her ticket. Go to Jacksonville, everything on the line, and just so majorly crap to bed that the owner wants to get rid of the quarterback in like the second half. <laughs> no, I would completely understand why you not. We wouldn't want to do that again. It, it was not as interesting as that. Ah, uh, and then everybody sees all the uh, the dysfunction that's around. And then you can go back and look at certain situations and go, wow. Maybe there was an issue here, an issue there. Uh, JMV, you say that one of the Thompson twins will be in on a solo workout for the Pacers tomorrow? Yes, yeah, our Thompson has got a solo for the Pacers. So uh, making sure you got everything covered in case that guy is there. Yes. So Tony East tweeted out that Thompson has withdrawn from the workout. No, oh, he has? Yeah. I just saw the late he just tweet that just It was about I guess half an hour ago. Okay, I got it. Oh, so he is not doing the workout now. According to Tony East, yes. So yeah, that means he's he believes his reps believe he's gonna go higher than that. So yeah, there it is. I think Dustin Depirak just uh tweeted that as well. Uh Thompson has withdrawn from the workout again. That was going to happen tomorrow. That was a tease I think I gave at the end of the 3 o'clock hour, and uh, he has withdrawn from the workout. So evidently, he does not believe, right? He's going to be available at number 7 for the Pacers. Uh, JMV, if the Colts did it again, I will make you aware in advance. (laughs) Thank you, SPT. Now you just look at it differently. You look at Jonathan Taylor differently, and I, I know that that you and I out there we look at a lot of things differently. Like I mean, the way I look at wide receiver, you guys don't agree with. You know, once somebody gets a little bit salty and and starts to get divish, you know, that's that's where I want somebody on this team to be one of these days. Or I will say this: you don't want them to be a long term diva, but if that quality evolves because of a high level of play and production, that to me is a good thing. I'm not always trying to hope that you pick out just the the most upstanding individual. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. It'd be great. It'd be great if he had guys like Reggie Wayne out there all the time. But to me, I just want to see a level of production, and if it comes with the territory of somebody wanting paid and then telling everybody out there how good you are and this is what you deserve, then so be it. That means the team did its job. It's so Brian, before the break at two three nine ten seventy. 1070 Hello, Brian, how are you?
6: I'm doing good. How are you
2: doing? Great, buddy.
5: Hey, I was just going to say, give this young quarterback a chance. Uh He's had 13 starts in college. Hmm? Uh, Peyton Manning, his first couple of years, you know, I mean, he was okay, but they weren't, you know, great. And he came from a football family. He started at uh, Tennessee for, what, three years? And then you're going to throw this young guy in with a team that's offensive line It's questionable at best. Uh, you've got questionable wide receivers yeah you, know, you gotta weigh everything before you start you know wanting to bury the kid. So I say give him a chance and uh, do everything you can to put some good good players around him to help him out.
2: Well and, and that's what you're talking about, and thank you, Brian, for the call in terms of Jonathan Taylor, what makes me to me makes him more essential than what normally you would have given that position and the priority in the NFL that is placed upon that position. I just think you look at it differently. You look at it differently because of that. Even if you look at that as a growing or a maturation process for the quarterback, it would seem to me the 28 would be essential material for that. I think it's a lot different. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Mike Chappell answers some of those questions coming up at the top of the hour, and I have a Father's Day story for you involving a former Major League Baseball first-round draft selection back in 1996, A.J. Zapp of Center Grove. Center Grove. by the way, is going to play in the 4A title against Penn coming up on Saturday night, and his son Evans, a part of Center Grove's team, arguably the best in the state, got a good Father's Day story for you. Father and son and baseball all coming up at around 5.30 today. Jethro Tall tickets also on the way. And tomorrow we shall be live at Victory Field. Got a couple of games coming up tomorrow. Talk about some guests tomorrow. Jeremy Shin's on tomorrow, right? Or the Carolina Panthers, the former Fisher standout. And uh, Bobby Marks. The front office expert of ESPN will talk about a lot of things, financial evaluation, and then some regarding the Pacers and the upcoming draft. Bobby Marks of ESPN is going to join us on the show coming up tomorrow, live from Victory Field, beginning at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan
3: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: The Ride with JMV. Stand by, Stryker. We're going to the tower. Good luck. We're going
2: to the tower.
0: The tower?! The Tower? Rapunzel!
1: Rapunzel! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: All right, so somebody brought this to my attention. And I obviously knew of the story about the A's reverse boycott. But uh, this was brought to my attention. Uh, this is from James, not my James, but a different James. Asking if I have ever boycott anything, even a reverse boycott. I have never boycotted. I, like, will take advantage of somebody else's boycott by getting more of what I like. Yeah, I mean, I've never boycotted anything. (laughs) I think the first time I ever heard of a boycott was the 1980 Olympic Games. Not even a reverse boycott. I guess the A's had 28,000 at the reverse boycott. But nah. I have never ever done it. And I am likely to never doubt. Maybe I just have fallen out of like of whatever it is, but yeah, as far as boycott, no, nah, I can never say never about anything, I don't think. I'm trying to think. Do I have any exact words out there right now? You guys help me out, jog my memory. Do I have any exact words? I hate the state of Michigan. Could I be persuaded? to no longer have such a deeply rooted hatred for that state? I hate Kansas basketball. Could I be brought back? I don't have a lot of exact words like that. That can be a struggle to uphold. Like when everybody wanted to boycott Chick-fil-A, I was in front of the damn line. Thanks a lot. Made the line shorter. Appreciate that. So no, oh, nothing, not even a reverse. It would not even occur to me. Ah, is my movie theater hiatus a boycott? You could maybe call it that. Yeah, that's Dave, man. Maybe that's it. I don't think it's a boycott. I still watch movies. I just don't go to the theater. So, like, a, is there a specific reason you avoid the thing. I just thought, you know, like I don't it? need to do this anymore. So, I don't know if I I didn't put my fist in the air and call it a boycott. I just said, yeah, I don't need to do this anymore on September 21st, 1999. You could turn it into a boycott retroactively. Uh, see, I try really damn hard here, Dave. I try really hard not to be a hypocrite. So, am I being one here? I just felt compelled at that moment to never have to go again. I said, I don't want to do this again. I was kind of good with it. And then that was that. So maybe, Dave, you might be right about that. Maybe that's it. I mean, I would still probably go to the state of Michigan, but I wouldn't like it. (laughs) I mean, I got to watch Kansas basketball games because they're on all the time. I don't like it. I just don't necessarily believe that to be a boycott. That's pretty funny. Hey JMV do you think you'll boycott the Reds the rest of the season when they start losing at a normal clip? <laughs> um you know what? I reserve the right for this thing to fall back into place. I'm sorry. I just want I want to Embrace what's happening right now because it's so few and far between. Chad asked, does Creed count as a boycott? That would be puddle of mud. That is not a boycott. I just think West Scantlin is a complete... Not a West Scantlin guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Felon. A complete <laughs> felon is what he is. So, no, it is not Creed. Actually... To give credit to Creed, Scott Stapp, and this goes back years ago, was I think over at, uh, what's the bar over on Lenhurst there? There used to be a little bit of Texas or something else now. It's not the Golden Corral, that's a buffet. What the hell is that place called? See? But he was there. He was, the Scott Stapp was playing there, and... He was, uh, he was really – it was a – something happened. Some news broke. He was supposed to come on, and some news broke, and we couldn't do it. And he was cool as hell. Cool as hell. Uh, Big Play says, I have to know what the state of Michigan has done to you. I just hate it. I just think it stinks. And I don't care what Traverse City or the Upper Peninsula or Northern Michigan or all that crap that Kid Rock talks about in a song – I don't care. I just think it stinks. And everybody tries to get me go to uh, whatever it is on Lake Michigan. Telling me it looks like the Caribbean. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Caribbean is not in Michigan. Mount Rushmore boycott Charles. I just I, I don't do it. I don't know if I'd call that a boycott either. I just think it's done so much. And I think it's done at times in which uh, done at times in which you uh, don't have much else going on. Like, hey, let's do this. Because I do, I will do goats. I mean, I'm in with the goats. I just don't utilize the Mount Rushmore of. Yeah, no, I agree with you. As much as they've talked about Ellie De La Cruz, and of course, you yeah, I mean, you knew that after a week, the pitchers were going to start trying to figure some things out. But you know, the Reds across the board with their young players just have some exciting dudes. They have some I'm trying to think what Reds era, you know, I might I might bring up to compare it to, but they just have some exciting dudes. Like to me. One of my favorite Reds players ever is Chris Sabo. I love Sabo playing third base. It seems like that, and they have talented dudes. I'm not suggesting these guys are like Chris Sabo, but it seems like Chris Sabo would really get along with this crew, really get along with this group. So that's true right there. But they have been fun to watch. It may end up ending maybe even as soon as this weekend. Thank you very much, Tyler. Eight Second Saloon is what I was trying to think of. Eight Second Saloon. I think I called it a little bit of Texas like it was nineteen ninety-eight. Uh JMV, who do you think will be selected in front of number seven? I think the Pacers are going to have a chance at really to me who they want in terms of Walker. I think it's Walker or Hendricks. And I, I go Walker. I go Walker all the way because he adds facets to this team that are necessary, and he may not be a better shooter or maybe even a, a higher level, a higher bar type of player than Hendricks. I'm not sure, but he looks like, physically speaking, he is good to go and good to play and good to help this team out. Strength being able to rebound, which is necessary. Listen, the Pacers have a lot of needs, but chief among them would be somebody that is capable whatsoever of playing defense, and then some rebounders. And to me, he can do that. You could count on him, or you could hope that he could do that sooner rather than later, better than anybody else they could get at number 7. So that's that's how I view that right now. If you were going to ask me Walker over Hendricks, I would go Walker, just because he looks he looks not only ready for the now, but he's somebody I still think can evolve to an important piece in the future. Uh, Hendricks, according to many, has I guess what they like to call the better upside, but I I just. Walker looks like he's ready to go in a couple of different categories or needs that we have seen with the Pacers, more so than just the offense. The Pacers can score 135 in a game. Problem is they give up 139. Uh, They need defense. They need rebounding. And I think even beyond his offensive output, he gives you that. So that's Walker's what I would go with at number seven right now. If, again, I mean, you're talking about, obviously, Wimbayama, Miller, Henderson, those Thompson twins, and I think Whitmore, Villanova's up there in the top six. Uh, for me right now, it's Walker. Quick break, and we shall return. Mike Chapel coming up at the top of the hour. Hey, JMV, I'm going to be in Galveston, Texas for vacation next week, and we'll be at the game in Houston on Father's Day, which, by the way, is outstanding. (laughs) My dad and I will probably be the only two wearing Reds gear, but looking forward to it. You know, it is weird. I'm not the biggest fan of the state of Texas, but Galveston, I love driving down there love driving i had family that lived in i think it is now gone i think a hurricane wiped the town off the map i think it was called um gilcrest texas gilcrest texas is right on the gulf it is on the side in which you had and i don't know if it's still this way or not i i know that maybe 5 years ago when the final four was in houston or whenever that was last i actually drove to Galveston from Houston on one day just to kind of hang out because I do like Galveston but it's it, that's on the bridge side the other side you had to take a ferry to get over from um, where, where Gilchrist, Texas was but I had some family that was down there so I went down there a couple of different times and during a hurricane I think at some point in the 1990s it was wiped out completely but I like Galveston I am a fan. Southern Texas is all right with me, especially vacation time of year in the golf. You can do much worse. There's no doubt about that. But enjoy that game. I just hope that ultimately this is not like the downfall of the Reds coming up this weekend of the short term. I'd like to see them at least for the now justify some of this hype I've been giving them the last 10 days it going to be big test this weekend for them. No doubt about that. Five consecutive for the Reds. Mike Chappell coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Just how needy are the Colts with Jonathan Taylor moving forward? Talk about that and more with Mike. And uh, a great Father's Day conversation. A.J. Zapp who was a first-round Major League Baseball draft selection back in 1996. He of Center Grove and his son playing for a title and 4A coming up on Saturday. As Center Grove takes on Penn, we'll be out of Victory Field coming up tomorrow. A.J. Zapps on the show with me coming up at 530. Also, Jethro Tall tickets to give away on this Thursday. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. <laughs>
3: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: The Ride with JMV. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this
2: and totally redeem yourself <laughs>
1: 935 and 1075 the fan
2: uh, James over there I'm John thank you for joining us on this Thursday tomorrow victory field yeah we got you set for what is going to be a weekend down there Friday and Saturday of IHSAA baseball state finals everybody and it should be an absolute blast Iliana Christian and Covenant Christian, that is tomorrow at 5.30. A shout out to Emily Gillespie, who's got a huge rooting interest for Covenant Christian. It's coming up at 5.30 tomorrow, so I'll be there when that game is underway. I start at 3, and then the nightcap is Silver Creek and Andrayan. That's coming up tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Then on Saturday, 4.30, Lafayette Central Catholic and Bar-Reeve and Center and Penn. The reason why I bring up Center and Penn coming up on Saturday night at 8 o'clock is because A.J. Zapp's going to join me at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. Talk about his career. His career went to AAA as he was a first-round selection by the Atlanta Braves back in 1996. I think number 27 overall. And his son, Evan, a part of the Center Grove team presently, that you can make an argument for it, certainly, that many presume to be the best baseball team in the state of Indiana. But a good Father's Day story coming at you at 5.30 with A.J. Zapp, which I am compelled to talk about with you. JMV, the only thing that would make the Cardinals' current suckage any better is if Necktat was still playing. (laughs) He'd really be crying more than he normally did. Yeah, I can't (laughs) lie about that. That would probably give me a bit of a baseball arousal, too. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this. I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, me never boycotting anything. I just don't do it, right, but... I've said I've never boycotted anything. I saw where MLB Commissioner Rob Manford fired back today against the backlash. Facing Oakland Athletics owner John Fisher, who hopes to move the team to Vegas. Quote, I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. (laughs) Yeah, That's going to help a lot right there. Yeah, that thing's been a mess for a long time. Listen, you'll have the swinging A's. Of the early seventies, you'll have the Bash Brothers of the A's, led by Tony La Russa of the eighties. Many people thought that they would have should have won more than they did, uh, certainly. And then you'll have Moneyball. So you got three different aspects: swinging A's, now Charlie Finley. Swing a A's, got the Bash Brothers, the A's of the 80s, and you've got uh, Moneyball A's. Yeah, it's going to Vegas. <laughs> the reverse boycott. Yeah, 28,000. And that team has been an absolute mess this year, but now you look at it and the worst team of Major League Baseball the A's snapped. Well, they have a seven-game win streak. And now the worst team in Major League Baseball would be the Kansas City Royals, the team that are Reds. America's team just swept, which was pretty nice. Uh, one final already today, Orioles 4-2 over the Blue Jays. And you have two games ongoing into four. Uh, speaking of the A's, they trail it home to the Rays, 3-0. Uh, bottom of four, Phillies five, Diamondbacks four. Everything else, including the Pirates and the Cubs and the White Sox and the Dodgers, coming up later on tonight. As I mentioned, Reds with a weekend set down in Houston against the uh, dinged up Astros. We'll see. All right, Mike Chappell. I want to talk to Mike about just how different the running back situation is here, how much more of a value that is placed on Jonathan Taylor. Then the value that you see in other places, the Giants, the Vikings, the Raiders, the value of running backs around the NFL, why it is different here than it is every place else. Talk to Mike about that and a lot more. And A.J. Zapp coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Don't go away. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
3: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: All right, so one of the Thompson twins... Uh, Not of Hold Me Now fame, but NBA draft next week. I saw Thompson initially had planned to work out for the Pacers tomorrow. And then I would guess that he had some assurances that he was going to be a top six pick. And uh, according to uh, folks around here, Dustin from the Star and Tony East, the workout for Thompson has been called off and instead of that they'll have me work out tomorrow <laughs> yeah if you guys you guys put in the time and the effort let's think about this for a moment the time and the effort so you had Grady dick in today time and effort in getting things ready for sarg Thompson tomorrow and now that has been canceled So if you got all that ready for nothing, then I'll just come over there and do a workout for you guys. If you guys need that, if Chad Buchanan, anybody's listening over there right now, if you need me to come over uh, and work out, just for the sake of having somebody work out, because everything's already set up, the staging is done, then let me know. I'll do that before I go to victory field. Honestly, though, I'd have to shoot left-handed. I can't get my shoulder up here. Struggle. And Doc Julian has uh, not seen me yet to give me the drive-by shot that I I need here. I need a drive-by. A.J. Zapp's got a tremendous story. Uh, Center Grove in the 4A baseball championship game against Penn coming up on Saturday night. A.J. is a former first-round Major League Baseball selection. His son is a part of that Trojan squad, and A.J. joins us at the bottom of the hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pipeline from CBS4 and Fox 59, he is Mike Chappell. I'm going to start right here. My point on Jonathan Taylor is this, is that where you look at you know Dalvin Cook and how things ended in Minnesota, you look at what's swirling around now, with regards to Saquon Barkley in New York. You also look at Josh Jacobs, and you can go back even further to, to how, how they felt in, with the Chargers regarding Eckler. Um, To me, it's different here with Jonathan Taylor because of the quarterback situation with absolutely no clue. And if you think you have a clue, it's probably going to be more of a negative than it is a positive. I think that his value with this Colts team is more than what you see any other running backs value around the NFL right now, which means you extend and you pay. What say you? Yeah,
6: I wouldn't downplay Saquon Barkley's value to the Giants because I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy, and Barkley gives him a lot, but but I understand what you're saying. And we we were talking on our our Fox 59 CBS4 podcast today about this a lot, and I I, I think they get Taylor done. I just do. Dave Griffith, my my buddy on there, doesn't think so, and he gave me a lot of good reasons why it, why he would hesitate to do it. You know position and the fact that he had surgery he had surgery and he, and he hasn't practiced yet but i i i know how jim mercy feels about jt and it's you know he he really really likes the guy you know edger and james like you know affection for the guy chris Ballard does so yeah and and he will if, if he's back you know 100 percent after the surgery they're going to lean on him with a young quarterback, even with Minshew. You know, I realize that Steichen says you you, you throw to to, to well, throw to score and run to win. They're they're going to be a, a a run heavy team, whether that includes Richardson, you know, getting his you know read option runs or Minshew. So it's it, it's just a, a a very interesting dynamics with Taylor, in my mind, is their best player. I think he's their best player. I mean, I guess we could argue the force Buckner. I don't know. He's their best player, but he's at a position that has been devalued. Uh, but I see no reason to not uh, – that's not my money, so what the hell do I care? But give him a three-year – Nick Chubb signed three years, $36.6 million, I think it was. Give him a, a more because I, I think he's better than Chubb. Although Chubb's pretty damn good, but I, I, I just think give him a contract that reflects maybe a two-year. That's really two years, uh, but, because you, you've got a you got to he, he, He's a valuable player. He's he's going to do a lot to ease whatever quarterbacks in there. But again, league-wide, they're they're just showing you that you know. Go back and look who the who the. Leading rusher for the Chiefs was last year in the Super Bowl. It was like a six or seventh round pick, Pacheco. So, but T- Taylor's different. He, he, he's 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 still young. He's, although he's got a lot of wear on him from college, I, I think they get him done just because it's not going to be the monster wide receiver contract and all that. So, I, I think they get him done. Because uh, I, I think he's that important to him, I will agree with you. I think he's that important to him.
2: I, I just look at it this way too, and I, I've heard the stats, you know, regarding you know Super Bowl champions and you know the the rounds in which they're they're. Primary running backs at that moment were selected, and and that has to me no bearing on the Colts situation. They right. just don't know what you're going to get out of a quarterback. And it, Jonathan Taylor is going to be chief of helping this thing along. Now, to me, somebody brought up a point, Mike, a little bit earlier regarding Anthony Richardson. You know, still not being in his prime by the time that Jonathan Taylor is at the end of his deal, and if if Anthony Richardson's not revved up and ready to go, with Jonathan Taylor still having some. On that proverbial tire, that's another reason for us to be disappointed in things. Well, but, but Taylor's not going to be here when Richardson's in his prime. No, but he, I'm he I'm, just, I'm just talking about being able to play. I want it. I want. I, I hope we're not. How much time we waiting on Richardson here? What's the wait uh, table?
6: The, the, the two years. I mean, I I think we we should see a lot this year, and I think that in 2024 you're going to really know whether. This is the guy. I think he may tease us this year and and show show us some stuff and mistakes, but play well and how much he starts. I don't know if, if he's ready. If he's close to ready, I I say play him. I just do. But but we're, he's not going to be near where he's going to be in twenty four or twenty five. It's just not. It's just not going to happen again. He's played thirteen games for crying out loud, and during during no tas and minicamp. He looked like a guy that had played 13 games. He did. But th- this is the time you talk to all these GMs and, and and when you've got the rookie quarterback, when you get your quarterback on his rookie deal, this is when you build the roster. And unfortunately at running back, I think that means you build with Taylor for like three years. I mean, then at the end of that, he's six years, and that's kind of what you got out of Edron. You know, they didn't re sign Edron to a second long term contract. Now it was different because I think his rookie deal was, was it six years? I don't know if it was seven or six years. So that's different. But I, I think to think that you're going to get more than six years out of Jonathan Taylor, I think it's wrong because you're not going to, let's say you give him three years and I don't know, 40 million. You're not, the idea of him getting a, a, a third contract from you is remote because we've seen all these guys, you know, for all the attention that Christian McCaffrey got with the Niners last year, keep in mind, Carolina, when they signed into that big contract, Carolina got nothing out of him other than, yes, they got the draft picks at the trade, but in those next two years after his extension, he played like 10 games. So very few extensions for running backs have worked. Joe Mixon's did, and I think, Ch- I think Chubbs will – but you're going to be seeing more and more. Well, what was Zeke Elliott? Six years and ninety million, I think it was. You're not going to see six-year, five-year, maybe even four-year extensions for running backs that are truly four years. Now, maybe four years. it's really two years with the, with the real money. But I, I just think that's it, it's such a it, it's such a difficult time to be a top running back because this league is so pass happy. And unless you are a really special running back, teams aren't going to invest that heavily long-term. So I, I think Taylor gets something done that will be real two years, maybe three. But I think that's how you're going to see running backs now. It's going to be that four years, and then you reload. I, I, unless you get that special guy, and then he better be really, really special.
2: Because the Colts are in the situation quarterback-wise that they're in right now they have to have taylor yeah they, I, they, I agree. it's a have to
6: well but but see and, and if you want to be really play hard ass and play hardball you make him play this year under 4 million dollars you franchise him next year for like probably 11 and then you franchise him in the you know in in the second year after that at 12 or 13 million and then he's getting about 30 million dollars over 3 years but he he won't be happy and i, I you know, there's talking you know, of course that Josh Jacobs and Pollard and, and and who am I forgetting that that was franchised? Uh, Having uh, uh, Barkley. Yeah,
2: well, you Yeah, Barkley and Cook and and Jacobs are the guys. And then I even referenced going all the way back to, you know, the Chargers obviously uh, with, you know, with, with Eckler, with yeah. and that's a big deal. But, uh, but how I, they value him compared to guy, how how others might.
6: I don't see a guy that's franchised sitting out. I mean, that's I I just you know, that, that's 10 or $11 million that you're never going to see again. And, it, you, 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 you know, you just kind of grumble, and then, then you maybe you're not there for all the training camp. I don't know. But but I just don't see a franchise player not playing because it's money that you're never going to see again. So if you want to play really hardball with a running back with Taylor, you let him play it out, and then you franchise, and you franchise, and then you move on. I think that would send a really nasty message to the rest of your roster. Because like he said, you know, he said, you know, we've seen guys that have produced here. Yeah. They get re and he's right. And he's right. So uh, I I think it gets done for all the things that you've talked about, his value to the offense, yes, but the value to to the quarterback. And, you know, what we haven't mentioned is Michael Pittman's up for an extension too. I think Taylor maybe get done gets done, maybe not Pitt because you're not talking twenty twenty three million dollars for a receiver. You're talking twelve or thirteen or maybe fourteen for a running back, and you know it, that, that's quite a bit of difference. Uh, again, I, I still say Taylor's your is is your best player when when he's on. He's your best player, but it's just it's just not a great time to be a running back in the NFL. It just isn't.
2: This seems like the the backwards way that this is coming about. You know, you know, as you mentioned earlier and rightly so, normally the NFL, you draft your quarterback and then sprout out um, right. those roots around that quarterback. And the Colts are, are doing this completely backwards right now. And I, I guess opinions will vary. You know where I stand on this, but does this also magnify the mismanagement that we've seen with this roster uh, over a six-year period? Well,
6: I guess maybe by the quarterback and mismanagement. I mean, Rick Venturi and I talk. We've talked from day one about using a six-overall pick on a guard. Quentin is a, is an elite guard. He might let's say he's the best guard ever, ever. He's a guard, and I, I want I want my big money in the prime positions. And right now they're not because of the way they've done things. You know, they, they're still chasing a pass rusher, uh, you know, and a left tackle. You know, in three years, if Bernhard Ryman is the guy, they're they're going to pay out the nose for him. But that, but that's that that's what your quarterback on a rookie deal allows you to do. It allows you to pay for that left tackle. It allows you to pay for the. A running back, if you if you want, and a receiver, if you want, and the pass rusher. It allows you to do that because for four years you're getting your starting quarterback on the cheap. Now his fifth year is going to be, you know, reality is going to hit you in the fifth year. But you know, you look at all these teams, and that's this is when you build your team. This is when you do it. And the the only oddity in it is at running back when we've already had three years with, 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 with JT. And again, uh, you know, if, if he's here, Pat, you know, he said, I want to retire a Colt. Well, that means you're going to retire in about four years <laughs> because I, it is rare unless you're an Eddie George or, or a Frank Gore that you're going to pay, play that long. So, you know, maximize what he gives you now. And I, I think there's no reason to expect him to be less of a player. After the surgery, everything he said, he said that surgery or the, the ankle had been bothering him for a while. So he should be, you know, and, and even as much as it bothered him last year, he averaged about eighty yards a game. He, he, he in a normal year, he had rushed for twelve hundred yards. Even, even as, as bad as things were, so it's you have to retain him. You do, and if you do it this year, then he'll be just as important next year when when Richardson is really taken off. You hope. So it's, but but again, they're, they're going to have, they're going to have to pony up at positions that they haven't up to now. And, you know, you know, running back, left tackle, uh pass rusher, but that's what you want receiver, but that's what you want. You want to, you want to be to where you think you're going to be good enough with this quarterback. If if he's what they need him to be, that that's what you do. That That's what the good teams do. They go out and they get elite players, top tier players, at their position, and we can argue about Michael Pittman being an elite player. I, I, I'm not quite there. I think he's a solid two, a two plus player. I'm not sure he's a one. I'm just not. But you know, last year just really stunted his growth. I thought. If that, you had to
2: pick between the two, would it be Taylor? If you had to pick between the two, Taylor or Pittman, who would it be? Probably
6: Taylor. I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know i I think yeah Taylor I suppose only but only because he's gonna be cheaper relatively speaking and and then of course, then you're gonna to have to try to find an elite receiver if you don't if you don't retain you know if you decide to let bitma walk after after this after this year if you don't resign him, then you know it's easy to let him Well, we've talked about this. It's easy to let a guy go, then try to re- replace him and if they do it free agency wise, which they've never done. You know they've never invested monster dollars in a free agent. Then you're going to pay 25 million if that guy's out there. So it's it's the old thing about again. It's great to hit on guys in the draft. That it is, but when their contracts up, you you got it's you're going to pay out the nose to retain them. And in a couple instances, they hit on Quentin Nelson, and now they're paying a guard left tackle money. And you hit on Pittman. And now are you going to pay him number one money? Um, You know, you hit on Taylor, and I think you can pay him top-tier money over a short term and and be okay.
2: Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned left tackle money for the left guard without knowing Uh, that you have a left tackle. And it – yeah, this uh, I think a lot of people would connect the dots to uh, mismanagement <laughs>
6: to what you just described yeah, right that, there. However, yeah, they, they could they could have brought in they could have gone different and got the young quarterback. What was it? Three years ago? Two years ago? But but they still had missed on left tackle. They had still missed on pass rush. Uh, but then when Taylor would have been young younger, so yeah, it's. Whenever you don't have, whenever you don't hit on the quarterback, and then you're chasing, as we've talked, when you're chasing mistakes, you're chasing left tackle. Since costanzo has been gone, when you're chasing, you know the pass rusher. Since I, I guess since Mathis has been gone, and you, and you you know Danico Autry was a hit. That, that was that was a really a really good signing. But every year you're just trying to plug a hole with a two year guy. You know, Yannick Ngakwe, and then. Before that, Justin Houston, and Houston was really good his first year, and then not so much his second year. Well, you want you want your own, you want to grow your own, and they need they need Quitty Pay to really play well this year, and you know, and then has the fifth year, and then then he gets gets paid. But right now, you still haven't seen what you really want out of Quiddy Pay because of injuries, you know, a little, a little thing here and there, so. They get a lot of question marks, and, and it, it's kind of good that you have to have discussions about resigning your own. But it, it's easy for us to say what to do, what to what don't do. But again, you've got to do it with the entire roster in mind. But I go back to the same thing: your 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 quarterback being on his Ricky deal gives you the flexibility to do that.
2: That's uh, Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox fifty nine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So. I mentioned this too and I don't know if you agree and and uh, you know obviously we're of the older school variety and the point I was trying to make and this was with regards to Stefan Diggs uh he's going through this uh diva moment right now as he did at the end of the disappointing season with Buffalo in the postseason back in January and you know some people were saying see this is what happens when you have that type of diva wide receiver that's why you don't want it that's why you're wrong about wide receiver and my point was I'm not wrong because if you're at that point when you evolve into a diva wide receiver that means there's a reason behind it that means you produce at a high level and I would still take that and take my chances in trying. to to evolve with a Diva wide receiver over having nothing at all.
6: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a level of Diva you don't want to mess with, like Antonio Brown. Sure. That level. But, yeah, it's just strange that he's PO'd in Buffalo and he's got the quarterback. I mean, that's just crazy. I I remember when Marvin was up for a phrase. I don't know, it was in 06 or 04, whatever it was. and He said, yeah, he said, you know, I can – I said, would you really want to leave here when you've got Peyton? He said, you know, the football's brown everywhere. I said, yeah, but there are certain guys I don't want to throw, throw me that brown football. Go to places. So I, I think you deal with diva, whether it's running back or receiver, but but there's got to be a limit where you can't. And if you've got a young quarterback, I'm not sure you want to add a potential headache What would be your top one of your top players? Certainly, pay wise, that'd be tough to bring to have a Stephon Diggs on that type of that type of player. Not that type of player, but that type of possible distraction. Can you imagine if he's barking at at Josh Allen? What's he gonna do for at a rookie quarterback for crying out loud? But as we've seen in the NFL. The better you are, and the more productive you are, the more tolerance a team has for you being a dick. So it it just depends on how bad the guy is, and I don't know all what what's going on in, in Buffalo. But boy, how, how can a receiver, how can the number one receiver in Buffalo be po'd? I, I don't again. I don't know what goes on inside. Now, yeah, there's going to be stretches in games, even playoff games, where receiver. Doesn't get what he wants. I remember in uh, Peyton's last game here, was it the playoff loss to the Jets? And I think Reggie had, was it one target or one catch or maybe one of each? And he wasn't happy. Well, you know, sometimes it's it just goes that way. It's not right. And he, he was their best receiver. But
2: The dare in the I, headlights game, by the way.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Jim, Jim Caldwell just got such a bad rap for that. So he
6: he he never got credit. You know, it, it, if Hank Baskett recovers that onside kick, then you've got Jim Caldwell winning the Super Bowl, I believe, as a rookie coach, and then things are totally different. And then the perception of Sean Payton is totally different. What an idiot! The onside kick in the Super Bowl and yada yada. Well, let covered cover the onside kick, and then, you know, things are – I still believe the Colts might have won that game going away if they if they didn't, you know, botch the onside kick. But Caldwell, I thought Caldwell got a real bad rap here. People don't give him much credit at all for Peyton's develop, development here, and Caldwell had a lot to do with it. He really did. He was good for Peyton. And they might have – they probably would have gone unbeaten. No, they would have gone unbeaten if if that decision wasn't taken out of his hands that year, and that's an argument for another show
2: i I, yeah. I would well, never I've never have witnessed Colts fans. Coming out of a stadium as angry as they were then. They were
6: po'd in the third quarter.
2: I mean, I've never the seen anything West like that. They, yeah. Chris, that's when I was I was on a hiatus, right, radio wise, but I was still doing yeah. stuff with Hagen at Fox fifty nine, and we were standing out in front of the media parking lot there on the northwest side, and they broke they broke the gate, uh, the guard shack uh-huh. gate. Man, I mean, they were up a my grill about this and that. I mean, I've never seen a crowd more angry than that.
6: I remember how, at the time, Bill Polian—that's when he and Bob Kravitz were going, you know, tooth and nail—and he got on, Bill got on all the media for really, you know, stirring up the, the fan base about that. They, that fan base was stirred up before we ever wrote one word about that because they, they, they didn't like what happened. And and uh, I I would have given up the unbeaten season to win the Super Bowl. Just I just would have. But the way things played out, it, you, you didn't do it anyway. And was, was that to you that Freeney? Yeah, Freeney hurt it, uh, blew up an ankle in in, in the uh, AFC title game, whatever it was. And but yeah, the fan base was really bad. And then of course Bob, being the great columnist he was, he really went after him as he should have. The, the players were pissed. They didn't say it really after the game in the locker room. You talk to those guys now, and you darn darn right, they wanted to go for perfection because it just there are so few chances to to do something special and you know do people forget that new england was unbeaten but they lost the super bowl i I, i'd rather go you know lose one game and win the super bowl as opposed to go unbeaten and then lose the super bowl so but yeah it it was it was a different time and and caldwell he, he took the brunt of it he did and I don't think it was his his decision at all.
2: Yeah, I I still I long for those days again because that came with a high level of expectation.
6: Um, that's what that's what that's what you need. Yeah. You need a fan base to expect right an SEC champ, South championship, and they expect a home playoff game, and they expect a deep run, and they should be disappointed when you don't get it. And to expect, well, you know, if we can just go eight and seven or, or eight and nine this year, no, doggone dog it. Expect more, and then if you don't make it, be disappointed again. That, that's what that's what the young quarterback gives you. Now expectations need to be more realistic this year, but doggone, you, you need to expect to get back to being a team that is, is in the hunt. That, that's what you want because if you're not, then what are you doing? What 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 are you doing this for?
2: It's Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I appreciate that. We'll check back in. We got now uh, some weeks ahead with nothing other than, hopefully, nothing going on other than Isaiah Rogers. Some sort of
6: well, we got three got three red to sign, which that'll happen, and then you got to hammer on Rogers whenever they do that. So it'll be some Friday at five o'clock because
2: that's what they do. we <laughs> <laughs> getting off, and there it is. All right, buddy, we'll yep. check in next week. Talk to you, So Mike Chapel of CBS4 and Fox 59 with us. Jethro Tall Tickets coming up in the next 30-plus minutes. Somebody's going to win those for the TCU Amphitheater coming up in the month of August, so listen to win that. On the other side, I've got um, what I think is a really cool story, a Father's Day weekend type of story. A.J. Zapp. A former first round pick in Major League Baseball back in 1996 by the Atlanta Braves. He is a former Center Grove Trojan. His son Evan's a part of the Center Grove team going for a 4A state title on Saturday night against Penn. AJ, the dad's going to join us up on the other side. That is next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always
0: took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
3: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in
1: between. The Ride with JMV. You are more reptile than man, George. So low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
2: Is anybody going to Wonder Road this weekend? That's... Got a headliner from this band, Weezer. Anybody going? I Jason Isbell is a fan favorite, evidently. I've never really understood this. I have received a great deal of pushback. A great deal of, yeah, I don't think they're that great. Yeah, nah. I always thought Weezer was and is a very fun, very enjoyable band. Why do you have a problem with Weezer? Actually, somebody that had a problem with Weezer was my kid. I said, what? Then he started breaking it down, and I go, oh, God, you're going to give me a headache, man. Come on. Just uh, here, just sit back and listen to my wisdom about music. I don't need to hear yours. (laughs) That's what I normally do with my kid. (laughs) When he's uh, offering up some critique. No, hold on a minute. You listen to my wisdom. Uh, but Weezer, Weezer, one of the headliners for Wonder Road, which is coming up here in Indy this weekend. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, we're talking a big one for a title game coming up on Saturday night. It is at Victory Field, Cinegrove and Penn. Arguably the best baseball team in the state throughout the season has been Cinegrove. Um, Evan app is a part of the center grove team and you also will remember his father who was a first round pick back in the 96 baseball amateur draft out of center grove of the atlanta braves do a little father's day conversation with a really good dad really good dude aj zaps on the andy moore automotive group hotline that's evan's father hello aj how you doing brother What's up, JMV? Thanks for having me. You got it. Your story is awesome. It's almost like that, that Evan is trying to tie up some loose ends that remain from, from your time back in the day, right?
5: Yeah, I'm excited for them. They, uh, they've had a great year uh, this year. Um, Evan's had a great year. Excited for his teammates. Can't wait for Saturday night. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, for 15 bucks, I mean, I don't think there's a better ticket in town against, you know, the reigning, you know, state champs from last year versus the number one team wire to wire this year. So, uh, it's I I think it's going to be a really really good game.
2: Uh, your son is Evan, of course. AJ's out with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group potline. How do your respective games compare father and son wise where are the comparisons and maybe maybe not so much you find in comparison with you two
5: that's a great question he's a more complete player than i was uh the scouts used to say that my defense got better every time i hit um and he <laughs> and he can beat you in more ways than i could you know he's um you know these last couple of years i've been proud of him to You know, his defensive outfield play, his arm strength has, you know, ticked up these last couple years. Uh, He can beat you with his legs with, you know, stealing a base or, you know, getting a good jump at second base on a base hit. And then, obviously, with the bat, he's, you know, these last two years, uh, you know, just had a great offensive season uh, with some key home runs and some key hits and timely hitting and then, you know, just – I don't know, just really proud of this team and, and really excited for him to get the experience uh, this game on Saturday night.
2: So, A.J. Zapp is with us. Cinegrove and Penn coming up on Saturday night at Victory Field. Was it difficult for you um, not to go overboard with sports in general, but especially baseball, something something that was was so good, to you, something that was good for you, something you were good at, was it difficult being a dad not to go overboard with Evan?
5: Yeah, I think that's the trap that a lot of young uh, parents get with their kids. You know, coming up with, you know, travel ball, it's crazy right now, right? And baseball, the greatest game in the world, but, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's a tough game. It, it drains on you mentally. You know, we don't, you know, this team has one guy hitting over 400. You know so if you do the math you're getting out six out of ten times and so i think the big thing that i tell evan and even the kids i coached over the years is like you know keep stringing the good at bats together and don't focus in on the results because it's like i said it's a tough game it uh it it mentally wears on you just because there's more failure than there is success and You know, I think those are the words I'm going to have with Evan going into this weekend is that, you know, he's probably got three at-bats left, four if things are going well, you know, and keep stringing those good at-bats together. And, you know, if you don't get a pitch to hit, you know, keep the line moving and take your walk.
2: So, A.J. Zapp joining us, his son, Evan, a part of Synod Grove. They play Penn coming up on on Saturday. Did you hold him to a lot of these similar routines as you had, as you evolved as a player growing up?
5: Yeah, I did. I mean, we, uh, we've hit together, you know, every winter for, you know, all these years. Um, but, you know, I think these – Last couple of years, I've been a little more hands-off, you know, and just uh, trying to be a dad, just watch him in the stands and let him do his own thing. Because, um, you know, obviously he's a little bit different player than I was, but, you know, just watching him evolve over these last two years, just, you know, uh, physically, you know, living in the weight room and then just hid with all of his buddies just nonstop uh, once and sometimes twice a day. So, um yeah, I just I I think you know he's a little bit different player, but you know just the hard work that he's put in, just that his mom and I are really proud of him. Is
2: this is this team is his team at Center Grove better than your team at Center Grove?
5: Well, <laughs> I think they're, again they're a more complete team. Um, you know they they're deeper, right? You know we both teams were very talented. Both teams had a lot of players play at the next level. Um, obviously we fell a game short, um, and we hope for a different result for this team. But, you know, this team well coached, um, you know, the thing that I've seen, you know, watching all these games this year and, you know, there's a cliche, it just, it feels like to me that there's a different guy or a group of guys that stepped up and helped the team win this year, whether it be, you know, like defensive outfield play or base running, or we've seen unbelievable pitching from this team the last three weeks, you know, uh, catching, blocking, I mean, just – and then the timely hitting. So this team is more complete. Um, They're hot right now. Obviously, we've got to knock off the defending champs. You know, they're going to be really good, obviously, um, getting to this game as well. Um, They've got great pitching. Um, But, like I said, I just – I can't wait to see – who on this team or this group of players, you know, hopefully it's one through nine with Jay Murph on the start on, on the bump, you know, that really helped this team, you know, get that, bring home that state title on Saturday night.
2: Who beat you guys in your day?
5: Jasper was my old summer league. Oh.
2: teammate. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. Know.
5: Yeah, they're, I think they've been uh, Center Grove's kryptonite here over the last few years. And we uh, uh, we went down there for the regionals and got a win and couldn't get out of there quick enough. And um, But, uh, yeah, he, he threw a heck of a game against us and just came up a little bit short.
2: Man. I should have known that it was uh, was it Jasper? I well this um and, and I'm sure you probably have thought about your opportunity in high school and it, it not happening for you. Will will this be a make good with Evan if they win it with was a make good for what didn't happen for you back then?
5: It, it absolutely would It'd be a great Father's Day gift. And oh, man, we I think man, there are so many You know, we had an alumni, you know, open practice last night with a bunch of alumni came back, and then all the youth league and all the kids and parents. I mean, there is just the communities behind this team, and I think, man, i I'd love to see what the attendance is going to be Saturday night because I think we're going to bring a big crowd, and I'm assuming Penwell too. So, I think it's going to be a well-attended game Saturday night. It's
2: uh, no doubt about that. and You know, a lot of people would suggest, man, Center Grove's always, you know, it's it, it it's commonplace where they they reach this particular level. But man, you can ask anybody, really anywhere, not just CG, but anywhere. That stuff never ever gets old. So I'm, I agree, I, really across the board between. CG and Penn, that place is going to be packed on Saturday night.
5: Place is going to be packed. Two great starting pitchers, multiple position players playing at the next level. Both teams well coached. Um, I, like I said, I think I don't. You know, I don't see this one. You know, you know, a lot of runs getting scored, but it could be. You know, it could be wrong. I think it's going to be low scoring. It's you know. Um, take care of the ball defensively, uh, you know, getting good jumps, base running, taking your walks if they, take, you know, if they give it to you. So it's going to come down to the little things, and that's what has helped this team over the last few weeks is, you know, playing a little bit of small ball, getting the bunt down, or on the, on the flip side, you know, bunt defense, you know, fielding a bunt and, you know, taking it out. So I think it's going to come down to some of those little things, and, you know, Coach Hatfield's been coaching them up all year. And I look forward to good things for the Trojans this Saturday.
2: You had uh, more at-bats after 1996. You had mentioned the at-bats that Evan has left in his high school career. Does he have at-bats coming up after high school?
5: He does. He is going to play Division one baseball in the A-Sun for Queens University of Charlotte. Nice. So, Yep. Uh, we're excited for him. So he'll be taking off for Charlotte, uh, North Carolina here in August. And uh, we couldn't be more excited for him.
2: That is well done right there. Well done, Dad. Good job.
5: I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. And uh, go Trojans.
2: Hey, um, and tell the family I said hello. Say hello to him and everybody there. But, uh, no, nah, it's been, it's been, been cool to watch. I mean, all you guys, I know how closely knit a lot of you guys still are down there, uh, that, that played on, you know, the same teams and now you have kids on, on the same teams. And, uh, going into a Father's Day weekend like this, it has to make it even more special. So the best of luck to you and tell Evan the same thing.
5: Hey, I appreciate it. Look for a little social media post coming up here shortly with a bunch of famous Center Grove alumni. That oh, no. Uh, talk about. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, it's, I'm afraid uh, I'm going to see about half of them about 9 o'clock at the sack tonight.
5: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's uh, coming out here shortly. I uh, worked on a little small project with a lot of uh, Center Grove alumni that are uh, going to wish the uh, team good nice. luck this to- weekend, so look for
2: that. It's uh, pretty cool. AJ, man, I appreciate you coming on here. A little Father's Day story with everybody regarding baseball at the high school level this weekend. Thanks a lot.
5: Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. See
2: you Jay, too. Andy. AJ Zapp on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. That is a good story. And listen, there are many like it. That is just one that certainly I was aware of. Uh, but that's that's pretty cool. Really all the way around. Pretty cool. Uh, A.J. Zapp, his son Evan, part of Center Grove, what is going to be a fantastic Friday and Saturday of baseball. That's on Saturday night at 8 o'clock, Center Grove and Penn. Lafayette Central Catholic and Ball Reeves at 4.30 coming up on Saturday. And remember, tomorrow this show is going to be live at Victory Field. I'll start at 3, behind home plate, where I reside. Ileana Christian and Covenant Christian. They start things up at 530 in the uh, Silver Creek in Andran coming up tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. So I'll be down there looking for you and what should be a fantastic atmosphere. I love talking up high school athletics, and uh, that's definitely a good story right there. AJ Zapp, as a lot of you probably no, uh, could rake like nobody's business. (laughs) He absolutely could. First round selection in 96 by the Atlanta Braves and uh, made it to AAA, but has uh, been huge, huge in the life of a kid and his son trying to do something that, um, that his father fell a game short of back in 1996 it's AJ's app on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Quick break. We'll come back. Jethro, tall tickets before we leave, and the reminder about a road show tomorrow at Victory Field coming up too. It's ninety three five one zero seven five. The fan.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba pa pa pa. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
1: the ride with jmv
0: attention whoever you are this channel is reserved for emergency calls only the f-
1: lady, do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza 93.5 and 107.5 the
2: fan uh, coming up in august at the tcu amphitheater legendary jethro tull number nine at 239 1070 because we like you a great deal will be the winner of a pair of tickets to go to this fantastic show. Jethro Toll, 239-1070. Number nine is going to go on us. Also, this reminder, by the way, too, a shout-out to uh, Jimi Hendrix, to Kyle and the gang at Live Nation. Uh, Jimmy's in charge of the TCU Amphitheater. Kyle, of course, in charge of Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. These guys are fantastic at working with and being a part of this show to offer up tickets every single week. It is a big deal to us. I know it's a big deal to you. They love the relationship, and so do I. Thank you, guys. And I know that our listeners thank you, too, because our listeners get to go to shows on you guys. Pretty sweet. Hey, this reminder, too, it is our golf outing, the fan at the back nine, coming up on July the 11th, presented by Franciscan Health Heart Center. So this is our golf outing. Eat and drink and having a great time. You have to have a pretty damn good reason not to attend in my book. And believe me, I want to see you all there whether you're fans of of Jake and Kevin or you know Jimmy and whomever on the midday show or mine or you dislike me a great deal, this is for a great cause. Proceeds of the event will benefit the American Heart Association. We will have a silent auction to benefit the Heart Association afterwards, which I am hoping that we can put a fireside chat, maybe a bonfire, maybe a fire pit, Type of chat with Jake Query for somebody. We need to have something where I come out and DJ something of yours too. I need a DJ. I need a DJ your pool party. What do you think? Think you could put that on the auction? Would that go? Now I'd have to get somebody's DJ equipment. I have it, but mine's not hooked up. <laughs> I've got, seriously, I have got just an ass load, seriously, of equipment in Blake's room and none of it's hooked up right now. None of it. And you would go, whoa, wait a minute. Where's all this equipment? What what's, what's happening here? It's all right there. So, yeah, how about a fireside chat? You know, a bonfire, fire pit at your place, a chat with Jake Query up for auction. And then how about me? DJing your party, your party, your pool party, or whatever. What do you guys think? Think we can raise any funds with that? Um, Back nine golf, by the way, too. And a shout out to Danny Hayes is just a fantastic venue. And I love this idea. I know that the the gang in, in sales and promotions came up with, you know, instead of doing a normal type of golf thing, doing it at the back nine, I think it's pure genius. Golf outing back nine, July the 11th. So we'll see if we can't put that fireside chat with Jake. What do we do with Kevin? We do. How about. Here's what we do with Kevin. We'll put this on auction. Kevin Bowen has to mow your yard shirtless. Kevin Bowen has to, Kevin Bowen, this is going to be up for auction too, will mow your yard shirtless. Jake Query, Fireside Chat, and I will DJ your party or a pool party or something for you when DJ Skids hooks up my equipment (laughs) and then gives me some of his. (laughs) No, seriously. So that's we'll add that to the auction. Sign up now, 107.5thefan.com. Get your foursome in there for the fan golf outing July the 11th. Presented by Franciscan Health Heart Center and to benefit the American Heart Association, back nine. We're going to eat, drink, and we're going to let you be a part of the silent auction bid on a fireside chat with Jake Query, me DJing your party, and Kevin Bowen mowing your yard shirtless. All news still to come. 107.5thefan.com. James, great job today. Victory field tomorrow at 3. I want to see everybody down there. We're going to have a great Friday at the Vic tomorrow beginning at 3. Have a fantastic night.